Stevie Tooney's house and a Rick Flair. Welcome to the world's greatest ish podcast. Welcome to Backstage Heat. I'm Brandon. And I'm Hunter. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing the first ever Backstage Heat award show. But 2020 awards, here we go. Before we get into that, I just want to say that everyone at Backstage Heat, which is just admittedly just me and Brandon, but (laughs) uh, our hearts are with the friends and families of John Huber, Brody Lee, Luke Harper, whatever you want to call him. Um, And I want to give mad props to AEW for their tribute show this week. Absolutely fantastic. Great guy from all the stories I've heard. Very, very sad loss. Yeah, and I think, I know personally I was just like waiting for him to come back, both on Dynamite and honestly more so on BTE. Exactly. And it's, it's sad that that'll it's never happen. just happened. a couple months. It's sad that that'll never happen, but that dog collar match that he went out on couldn't have asked for a better match to, to end on. Not at all. Definitely left a wonderful legacy. So now we'll go in to our 2020 year-end awards. Um, so we we have several categories. I want to say it's like nine, maybe ten, maybe even eleven. Some WWE, some AEW. Yeah, we some s- we split the roster into WWE and AEWs just just to make it easier, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, there's so much wrestling going on right now. If we if we didn't do that, there'd be people that totally deserve to get mentioned that we just wouldn't be able to, or we'd be mentioning everybody. Exactly, and everybody deserves their props. Yeah, I think yeah, I think everyone involved in wrestling deserves deserves a lot of credit for this year because they made they managed to make it entertaining despite facing issues that no one would have ever expected to have to face before oh exactly but Stay i guess strong. i guess we can just jump into it all right what do we got for our first category so the first category is the best male wrestler in wwe the nominees are drew mcintyre who won the royal rumble won the ww championship at mania over brock lesnar Faced Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank, Bobby Lashley at Backlash, Ziggler at Extreme Rules, Randy Orton at SummerSlam, Clash of Champions, the ambulance match at Clash of Champions, Helena Cell where he lost the title, then on Raw to win back the title for Morton, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then AJ Styles and The Miz at TLC. That was Drew's year. Pretty good year. Pretty stacked here. Um, we we weren't a fan of how many times Randy Orton was in that list. That feud kind of dragged Drew's year down a bit. Yes, it could have been four, three to four matches of Drew just handling other people, but dragged that one on for a little bit. So yeah, I think 
definitely something. I think if after the ambulance match at Clash, if it was the feud should have ended there, and then Drew should have just had someone else to face at Hell in a Cell. Would have been more ideal. And more idea. The next nominee is Adam Cole, Bebe. Bebe. He teamed with the Undisputed Era to take on Imperium at Worlds Collide. Beat Tommaso Ciampa at NXT TakeOver Portland. Beat the Velveteen Dream at In Your House. Lost to Keith Lee on NXT TV. Beat Pat McAfee at TakeOver 30. Was in a four-way Ironman for the title and then faced fin- and then lost to Finn Balor for the title on TV. And was in the War Games match at War Games. Pretty stacked year. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think we both had forgotten about some of that stuff earlier in the year. A lot of it, yes. And it, and when we looked back on it, and it was like, damn, Adam Cole has had a, an incredible year. Oh yeah, it's it's ending a lot different than it started, but uh, yeah, and I think. Boy. And I think it's good that he still feels like a big deal, even though he doesn't have the title anymore. Exactly. Because sometimes when you lose the title, you can kind of slide further down the card than than you'd like. But I think he's done a good job of remaining a big deal. Oh, I agree there. And then our last nominee is AJ Styles, who was in the Twake Trophy gauntlet match at Super Showdown. The Boneyard match at WrestleMania. He was in the Money in the He was in the Money in the Bank match. Then he was in the Incredible Intercontinental match. Tournament, Intercontinental Champion Tournament, where he faced Shinsuke Nakamura in the first round, and then Brian Daniel Bryan in the final. And that Daniel Bryan match is one of the best TV matches of the year. Oh, couldn't agree more. And then he went on this run with. Drew Gulak, Matt Riddle, and Grand Metalik of just putting on bangers on SmackDown every week. And then he eventually lost the title to Jeff Hardy on SmackDown. Faced Sami Zayn and Hardy in a ladder match at Clash of Champions. Then he got moved over to Raw. And then did... He's done. He's Then he did the Survivor Series stuff with Elmos and Riddle and Sheamus and Braun and keith lee and that was all entertaining so incredible. oh funny he's done a lot of different stuff when i go through that list yeah, sometimes some super funny some very serious uh, the perfect mix yeah sometimes he's being this like nerd dweeb that he's like so great at being and then sometimes he's <laughs> just putting on bangers week after week like <laughs> we know he's got that in ring it's that outer ring that's the entertaining part right there and then before we announce our winner we our honorable mentions for this category are roman reigns and Sami Zayn, who both had really good years when they were there but they did miss a lot of time which is why they're not in our actual nominees Exactly. Now, after that, your winner for WWE Best Male of 2020 is 
Adam Cole, baby. And and yeah, I think was... as I sort of mentioned earlier, I think neither of us expected to pick Adam Cole to actually win. Not at all. But it's once you told me all the stuff he did to start the year, I was like, oh shit! I totally spaced on all that because he's had such a different role now. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to forget all of that, especially in since 2020 felt like it took like five years to get through oh my gosh yeah so accurate <laughs> um so yeah congrats adam cole on winning the first ever backstage heat award boom 2020 wwe male wrestler so our next category is wwe female wrestler of the year nominees are oscar who faced Becky Lynch at the Rumble, was in the Elimination Chamber and lost to Shayna Baszler, but put up the most fight out of anyone else that was there. Yes. Lost the tag titles to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross at WrestleMania. Wins the Money in the Bank match, which won her the Raw title. Faced the Iconics and... Bliss and Cross at Backlash. Faced Nia Jax at Backlash and on Raw. Sasha Banks at Extreme Rules and Raw. Jeez. Both both Bailey and Sasha at SummerSlam. Yep, that was good. Both Bailey and Zelina Vega at Clash of Champions. It's taking on everybody. Sasha Banks at Survivor Series. And then beat Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with Charlotte Flair at TLC to get the women's tag belts back that she started the year with. Full circle right there. Jeez. She pulled double duty so many times. Oh, yeah. She definitely was a shining point of the COVID era. I was honestly getting confused by my notes just because I was like, wait, did I mistype that? She had two matches at Backlash and then two <laughs> matches at SummerSlam. <laughs> oh, she was just so, that good. She's been a real workhorse and uh, was the MVP of the early, early COVID era for sure. Yes. Got a whole new personality. And then we had Bailey as our second nominee. She faced Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina at WrestleMania. And she she won she retained her title there. She beat Tamina at Money Impressive. in the Bank. Won the tag titles over Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross on SmackDown. Faced Nikki Cross at Extreme Rules and SmackDown. Asuka at SummerSlam. Lost the belts to Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler at Payback. Faced Asuka at Clash of Champions. Lost to Sasha Banks in Hell in a Cell, and then she was on the Survivor Series team. Stacked resume right there. Yeah, and, Big and 24. we'll we'll get on to later. But Sasha and Bailey were also MVPs for a while this year for WWE, <laughs> being yeah. on every show. Ah, yeah. Yeah, seriously, literally every show. And I guess that seamlessly brings into. Uh, 
um, our third nominee, which is Sasha Banks. <laughs> so she, she, was, have it. she was in that five-way match at Mania. She didn't win, but she did. I believe she helped Bailey retain, if I remember correctly. You're correct. Won the tag titles on SmackDown. There was a triple threat at Backlash for the titles, tag titles that they won. Uh, faced Asuka at Extreme Rules and Raw, which was mentioned earlier. Asuka at SummerSlam and Raw. Uh, lose the lose the tag belts at Payback. Beat Bailey for the SmackDown belt at Hell in a Cell. Beat Asuka at Survivor Series. Beat Carmella on SmackDown and TLC. A good resume right there, also. She's held the Rob belt, the SmackDown belt, the tag belts. <laughs> like, not much more she could have done this year. No, not at all. And then we decided to say fuck it for some categories, and we just had four nominees. <laughs> Our show, we do what we want. Um, so our fourth nominee is Io Shirai, the NXT Women's Champion. She was in a number one contender battle royale that she didn't win, but then she was in a number one contender ladder match that, I'm, that I think she did win. She was in the triple threat at In Your House where she won the title, pinning Rhea. She faced Tegan Knox on NXT, Dakota Kai at TakeOver 30, Candice at 31, Candice at Halloween Havoc in a Tables, Ladders, and Scares match. Ripley on NXT, and then she was in the War Games match. And she's still the NXT Women's Champion. Survived it all. What to championship. Impressive list of contenders that she's faced since winning the belt. Basically the top of the top when it comes to NXT. Yeah. So I think she's she's had a really good year. And then... Our honorable mention is Rhea Ripley, who had a good year. Much about that. Who had a good year, but we think the other four just had slightly better years. A little bit more. All right, and your winner for WWE's best female wrestler of the year is Bailey. And, and that was hard. It, this one was another hard one for us, and this was actually both of our second choice was Bailey, which is how she ended up winning. Yeah. Uh, my exactly. first choice was Asuka. I... Brandon wanted Sasha. Yep, favoritism. And I think, but I think we both agree that the three of them are very are like extremely close. Oh, big time! I I think really the main thing came down to is how successful Bailey has been since changing her gimmick for literally the first time since joining NXT way back in the day. So I think just the success of that. And then obviously her and Sasha's tag team all pretty big factors for me. Yeah. Yeah. Her going on the longest SmackDown women's title reign of all time definitely definitely helped. Always helps. And then our next category is best tag team in WWE. We have the Undisputed Era, um, which is largely Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, but sometimes Roderick Strong will get involved if one of them are out or whatever. 
Exactly. Moon Knight um, type stuff. They were in the Dusty Cup where they beat Gallus and then the Grizzard, Grizzled Young Veterans. And then they lost to the Broserweight in the final of the Dusty Cup in TakeOver Portland. They lost to Imperium at Worlds Collide. The Broserweight's on NXT. And then they had a match with Brizango that I didn't put down here. That I remember. That was a good one, though. Yeah. And then they had, then they were in the War Games match. Pretty impressive. Yeah, That's and I think and, and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish always great. <laughs> oh my gosh, forever great. Um, the next nominee is the New Day, and they they faced Miz and Morrison at uh, Super Showdown, where they lost the titles. They lost again Brian. at Elimination Chamber in the tag team Elimination Chamber match that was surprisingly good. Oh, God, yeah. There was... They were involved in this weird... I'm going to put it as the New Day just because the tag belts were on the line. <laughs> there was, there <laughs> were the weird, like, triple threat matches both at Mania and SmackDown where it was just one person from each team. There's the one at Mania, which was Kofi, Morrison, and Jimmy Uso, where they lost, Morrison retained. And then they won the belts with Big E, The Miz, and Jey Uso. Big E winning that match. There was a fatal four-way match at Money in the Bank. Then Cesaro and Nakamura, a tables match at Extreme Rules where they lost the belts. Then they, then Big E goes on a singles run. Or starts it. Kofi and... Yeah. Kofi and Woods come back on SmackDown the night of the draft, win the titles versus Cesaro and Nakamura, and then they had another title match with uh, Ziggler and Rude on Raw. So they were always in the title picture, I think, is what really makes their year stand out. (laughs) They definitely had a lot more losses than usual. But yeah, yeah they lost the most of those matches. <laughs> Which is so crazy with the New Day. Yeah, and and, it, and I think it shows that they're like a well-regarded team that I couldn't have told you that they lost most of those matches before reading them out. Oh, exactly. They still came out looking strong. That's all that matters. That's I, yeah, I, just, I, think, I think the New Day could lose a lot of matches and it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> And then our last nominee is Sasha Banks and Bailey. Uh, they won the titles on SmackDown, and then they defended against the Iconics, Oscar and Charlotte, Shotzi and Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, the Kabuki Warriors, and then eventually they lost the belts to Nia and Shayna. Probably the most dominant run. I've heard with the tag women's belt so far. Yeah. And it was their second time with the belts and they, whenever they have them, the belts just feel more important. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Those two as a duo, just hilarious. And then our honorable mention is Miz and Morrison, who I think have been way better than anyone expected them to be. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Gotta love them. 
All right. And your winner for the WWE Best Tag Team is Sasha Banks and Bailey. Yes. The Golden Role Models. Yeah, so we we gave it to the Golden Role Models. And I think the a big reason for me was when they had those belts, they were like hard carrying every show. It was what a good month where they were on literally every single WWE program. Yeah, like they were even dropping, they were even going on NXT. Like they were pulling triple duty. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then just the back and forth with the oh well, if you want to face me, well you gotta face her. And then just throwing each other under the bus back and forth, and then somehow still winning matches that way. Just incredible. Yeah, it was it was an incredible run that everyone knew was eventually going to lead, or everyone hoped, I guess, was eventually going to lead yeah. to the Sasha Bailey match, and it did. But I didn't think, I don't think people fully expected how good it would be while they were still a team. Oh, yeah. I mean, I after their first run as kind of like a team when they were both baby faces. I didn't think it would be as good as both of them being heels, but it was way better. Yeah. And entertaining. So that wraps up our WWE specific awards. Yes. Congrats to all the winners. Um, so now we'll move on to the AEW specific awards. So AEW Best Male Wrestler, the nominee is first nominee is John Moxley. He started the year with a number one contenders match against Pac that he won. He then beat Chris Jericho at, at Revolution to win the title. He faced uh, he beat Hager he beat Jake Hager in a I believe it was a Falls Count Anywhere match on AEW on Dynamite. He beat, he beat Brody Lee at Double or Nothing, Brian Cage at Fight for the Fallen, MJF at All Out, Eddie Kingston on Dynamite, Lance Archer on Dynamite, Eddie Kingston in an I Quit match at Full Gear, and then lost the belt to Kenny Omega on Dynamite. One hell of a year right there. Yeah, just an incredible year for John Moxley. <laughs> And then also at the same time, he was wrestling in Japan. So, double duty. Really made the only person that's ever made that belt feel more important is Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but when Eddie Kingston starts a promo, wrestling just becomes real. So, it's immediately, yes. Um, yeah, just, I, I don't think there could have been a better second champion for that belt. Because it's still, it's still a young belt and could have potentially lost some prestige if the transition away from Jericho wasn't handled well. And I think giving it to Moxley and having him go on the run he went on was handled just about as well as it possibly could be. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. And I, I'm sure there was a lot of speculation with both being former WWE, but I, 
feel like that belt alone really separated Moxley from WWE. Yeah. Yeah. And John John Moxley is a different person from Dean Ambrose and, and it, you can just tell. Yes. I don't even think Dean Ambrose when I see him anymore. I forget that name even existed. Yeah, honestly, a lot of the times I do too. Um, so our second nominee <laughs> is Kenny Omega. He was in a number one contender's fatal four-way tag team match to start the year. He then beat SCU to win the tag belts on the Jericho Cruise. Had an had an Iron Man match with Pac on Dynamite. Faced the Young Bucks at Revolution, where he retained the tag belts. Was in a street fight with Matt Hardy versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Was in the Stadium Stampede match. Great match. Lost the tag belts to FTR at full gear and then was in the number one contenders tournament where he beat sunny kiss penta and hangman and then he won the aw world title against john moxley on dynamite a good way to end the year i'd say yeah so similar to aj a lot of big mix of stuff in this he was he was tag champs for like over half the year, but yeah, yeah. he would still put in banger singles like, matches every now and again. Oh yeah, and then he'd throw in some goofy stuff in between there too to keep you entertained. Perfect mix. And he went from being like one of the biggest baby faces in the company and now he's like the biggest heel in the company. I think it's just been a really good year for Kenny Omega, but I think 2021 might be a better year, <laughs> as crazy as that is to say. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Good things for him. And then our third nominee is uh, Mr. Brody Lee. He debuted as the Exalted One, feuded with SCU for a little bit. Uh, faced Moxley at Double or Nothing for the world title. Absolutely squashed Cody to win the TNT title. True. Defended it against Dustin Rhodes and Orange Cassidy. And then lost the TNT title in his last ever match with the dog collar match against Cody. This is a... Resume. And... Yeah, this is another one where when I looked at Brody, I didn't see Luke Harper. No. Oh gosh, no. I forgot that name even existed. And it and, and it was very intentional. Like I I know on the AW podcast he mentioned it, like he wears Brody wears suits. Luke Harper was like the dirty white beater, like <laughs> it was very intentional, yep. but it, it worked for me at least. It definitely worked for me. And then our honorable mention is Cody Rhodes, who had some really good matches, and I think the TNT Open TNT title open challenge was like one of the better things all year, <laughs> just in wrestling in general, I think. It reminded me of, reminded me a whole lot of John Cena back in the day. Yeah, it was really US good. And I think challenge. I mean it got several people their jobs at AW. 
like Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, like <laughs> it just it actually just got people jobs. Well, exactly. It's like, hey, you want to wrestle the boss? You want to prove yourself? All right, let's see what you got. It's just like you cut a you could cut a promo on Cody on Twitter, and there's like a decent chance that you could you could get booked for dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad situation right there. <laughs> All right. And your winner for the AEW Best Male Wrestler of 2020 is Jan Maxley. Yeah. And I tried I- to do the John better. <laughs> Raspy on the voice. My bad. My bad. I just don't think. I'll deserve it. I just don't think there was any way we couldn't give it to Moxley. Oh my god. Like you were saying earlier, he has just taken the AEW title and made it feel so valuable. Yeah. For how new that title is, it feels like one of the more prestigious titles just in wrestling right now. Well, oh yeah. And I mean, a little bit of help from Kingston there a little bit. but uh, Yeah, but just like yeah, it, a lot of that comes from both Jericho and Moxley, but for this year, Moxley. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I feel like Omega's about to also make it feel even bigger. Yeah. But and I and I think AEW's done a really good job of waiting till now to give all their belts to like the EVPs. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It helped. Cause... It helped with the prestige of the belts a lot. <laughs> Exactly, because I'm sure everybody kind of thought, oh, all of them are going to get the belts immediately because they're known. Yeah, I assume everyone was like two, three pay-per-views in, Omega and the Bucks will all be champs. And <laughs> yep. It'll yep. Just be- and Cody got the belt <laughs> so fast, it was kind of like, oh, no, it's starting. Um, so then oh, our, next, our next category is AW Best Female Wrestler. We have Hikaru Shida as our first nominee. She faced Nyla Rose at Double or Nothing, where she won the belt. She faced Penelope Ford at Fighter Fest, Thunder Rosa at All Out, Big Swole on Dynamite, Nyla Rose again on Full Gear, and then Anna Jay on Dynamite. Those were her title matches. Impressive. Yeah, I think the Nyla at Double or Nothing and the Thunder Rosa at All Out are like the big ones in my head where I just remember those matches being really good. Oh yeah, and they were on they were on really stacked cards too, and they actually stood out. I feel yeah. like a lot of the women's championship were kind of overshadowed. Yeah, a lot of the women's division on AEW has been overshadowed, as we'll sort of see with this category. <laughs> Um, and it is the biggest. <laughs> it's the biggest criticism that most people, that a lot of people have with AW, and it is a fully deserved criticism. They there's not a lot of time given to the women's division, and often it's put in kind of the bad slot on the show. Yes, a lot of times. But I think Sheeta did the most with what she was given. She made a name for herself, basically established herself. Then our next nominee is Nyla Rose. She won the women's belt over Riho on Dynamite. 
She then defended against Chris Statlander at Revolution. Lost to Hikaru Shida at Double or Nothing. And then lost again to Shida at Full Gear. Those were her big title matches. She did some stuff with Vicky Guerrero in the interim between those Shida matches. But she was largely off TV for, for most of that most of that time. Yeah. At least she wasn't having matches. Which makes it... Well, yeah, exactly. That we're seeing, at least. Yeah. Um, but I think she has really stood out when she has had the matches. She does look just like... Oh, I agree. This big powerhouse that'll just fucking kill you. <laughs> that's what i see when i look at her um so yeah i think it's been a good year for her all things considered and our third nominee is dr Britt baker dmd she was in a fatal four-way for the title and then she eventually ended up getting injured in a lead up to i think it might have been a lead up to double or nothing with nyla versus shida actually but to her credit and to AW's credit, despite injured, she was still on Dynamite almost every week, cutting some incredible heel promos with Tony Schiavone. So good. And then she, with those promos, she started a feud with Big Swole. Eventually, this led to the tooth and nail match versus Big Swole, where they had a cinematic match in the in. Baker's uh, dentist's office. And I think it was just similar to like Randy Orton back in the day. She really took an injury and like made it her own and like made it and she really got over despite being injured. Oh yeah. It kind of reminds me of back in the day when Cody used to wrestle with the mask on and like that was his big thing was like oh my face is damaged. Some along those lines. And it's credit to her and to AW because she could have just been off TV for that whole time. Exactly. Instead, they developed her character more and more, which is huge. Yeah, they really solidified her heel turn and, and made her really... She's really shine as, as a heel now. Agreed. And then our honorable mention is Big Swole, who she feuded with and has... Has had a pretty good year, even if she hasn't been put in the biggest spots all the time. Exactly. All right. And your AEW best female wrestler is... Cheeta. Yeah, she is champ for most of the year. (laughs) I was going to say, I honestly barely remember... uh, who was first champ again? Rio? Rio, yeah. I I can barely even remember her reign. Like I can only remember Cheetah's as dominant dominant reign. Yeah, and I think even Nia I think she's coming into her own as her character too, like getting her character over on TV more. And I believe what she lost one match this year. Um, I feel like I saw her record. Yeah, maybe. I didn't actually... Let me... You can probably find it. 
but yeah, she's uh, basically the Kansas City Chiefs of AEW. Yeah, she's she's been she's been really and and her matches have been really good. Like I can't I can't wait for her and Thunder Rosa to have another match. At the fingers crossed. Just need a contract. Us Thunder Rosa. Women's division needs it. Uh, I can't find it, but whatever. Um, so ah, she then, did incredible. Yeah, yeah. No matter oh, what her man. actual record is, she she had an incredible year. Um, AW best tag team. We had the current AW tag team champions, the Young Bucks, who they were in a number one contenders battle royale that they that they won, and then they faced Hangman and Kenny Omega at AW Revolution. They were in the stadium stampede match. They were in a really good falls count anywhere with Butcher and Blade that I had forgotten about until I was looking through their cagematch.net info. And yeah, that match was really good. They were like throwing actual just meat at each other. (laughs) (laughs) You wrestled in a kitchen. Incredible. Then they were in a number one contender gauntlet match where they got screwed by Hangman. And then they were in a number one contender, Fatal 4, where they won. They had the match against FTR at Full Gear, where they won the belts. And then they've defended against Top Flight, the Hybrid 2, and the Acclaimed. What a year that was. Holy lord. I think I think AEW's done a really good job booking the Bucks. Yes where they have had losses like they had the big loss to private party in the original tag title tournament they didn't they were in three number one contender matches or no they were in four this year one wasn't in that list because they were in the number one contender match that hangman and kenny won so they were in four number one contender matches and they won two of them which is a lot but not considering that they're the fucking young bucks (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Um, where I think they always look strong but they've rarely looked too strong I think I agree there look perfectly I'd say so then our next uh, our next nominee is Hangman, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega who they were in the number one contender fatal four way match that I just talked about that they won they then won the belts off SCU on the Jericho Cruise, faced the Bucks at Revolution, were also in the Stadium Stampede match. Then they defended against the Best Friends, Private Party, Jurassic Express, to name a few. There was a bunch of them. I didn't want to list all of them. Understandable. Because they were just like dynamite matches, which are important, but not as big as the pay-per-view matches. Exactly. And then they lost the belts to FTR at All Out in what was a... Good match, but an unfortunate time on the card because everything after the Matt Hardy incident kind of felt weird on that show. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> um, I think this team worked way better than anyone expected. Oh, hell yeah. 
this was another one of those where they really separated themselves from their ties. And I've been former. I've been very outspoken that this is my favorite feud in wrestling that's been happening all year. And it hasn't even been a feud yet, <laughs> really. Like they were Hangman and Kenny were partners for all of this year pretty much and yet it's their feud has been my favorite of this whole year <laughs> and it hasn't even happened yet the story the storytelling in in this has gone multiple years at this point now <laughs> yes exactly and it's just it just keeps building as time goes on and it was a centerpiece of dynamite for most of the year And them being tag tag champs really drove the story forward a lot of the time. Yes, couldn't agree more. And then our third nominee is FTR, who weren't in it, weren't in AEW the whole year. Um, I didn't write down any of the stuff they did in WWE this year. It wasn't none of it was too impressive by any means because they weren't given much to work with. Um, they started out facing Butcher Blade, SCU. They teamed with the Young Bucks against Butcher and Blade and a team I can't remember. And I remember that that was a, an interesting way to introduce them to AW by having them team with the Bucks instead of actually fighting against them. Yeah, surprising. They then won the number one contender gauntlet that Hangman screwed the Bucks out of. They won the belts off of Hangman and Kenny at All Out. They defended against SCU, Jurassic Express, and Best Friends, I think, to name a couple. And then they lost the belts to the Young Bucks at full gear. Hell of a year right there. Yeah, they haven't been in AEW the whole year, but since they've been in AEW, they've really been... They were kind of shotgunned up the card. I mean, expectedly yeah, so. <laughs> so fast. Um, exactly. f- fully deserved, you... too. Exactly. But I think the best of them in AEW is, is yet to come. I think they haven't fully found their groove yet but what they have been doing has been pretty good i agree and they're they're one of those teams that you know are always going to be a team and like there's no point in breaking them up because they're not the same as singles yeah and, and and their match with the young bucks while i don't think it lived up to the hype necessarily that people were expecting it was just a great homage to tag team wrestling. Yes, absolutely. And then our honorable mention is the best friends. We did a lot of good stuff. Who I think okay. had had a good year, but they haven't they haven't quite been like in the main event tag team scene. No. Or when exactly. they or when they yeah, have been I feel like- or when they have been, it's never felt like they were actually going to win the titles. Not not once, really. 2021 might be their year. All right. And 
your AEW Best Tag Team of 2020 is the Young Bucks. This was another really close one. This was extremely hard to choose from. I mean, if it wasn't for the Bucks, like you were saying, just being booked very well where they're not always winning. So it kind of keeps you actually watching them and like hoping that, oh, okay, is this their time? Is this their time? Yeah, you don't actually like, know if just, they're going to win or not, right? <laughs> exactly. And it's nice that it's not just like, oh, hey, they're owners of the company. Why wouldn't they win? Yeah. I, I just I just think they're booked perfectly. And, and I mean, we know who they are. It was it was really close with the Bucks and Hangman and Kenny for me, but I think the fact that I think the FTR Bucks match was better than the FTR Kenny Hangman match, I think is what did it to me because they were obviously they were both involved in the in the Bucks and Hangman Kenny, so that kind of counts for both teams. Oh yeah, and as you mentioned, their rivalry has been going on online and whatnot for for a while. So. Yeah. A match that no one they ever expected work. to actually see. <laughs> oh, this is very true. I definitely didn't. The hype was definitely there. So our next category is pay-per-view of the year. Uh, our first nominee, we have AEW Revolution. When the card was Jake Hager defeating Dustin Rhodes. Darby Allen defeating Sammy Guevara. Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page defeating the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. Nyla Rose defeating Chris Statlander for the women's title. MJF defeating Cody. Pac defeating Orange Cassidy. And Moxley, John Moxley defeating Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship. Just a stacked card. What? <laughs> I... I, I... <laughs> Honestly, did not hate a single match in that. That's just no. So, so good, all of them. Build for all of them. And it too. definitely gets helped that it's one of the last uh, shows we got to see with fans. That's and, true. And the it crowd was, was the crowd was electric that night. <laughs> but a lot of the reason the crowd was so good was that these matches were just incredible. <laughs> exactly, and I feel like they. They booked the card perfectly where it wasn't just like a big peak and then a fill-in match to just take you down and then back up and down. It was just yeah. a smooth incline the whole time. Oh, you had the super serious MJF Cody match, and then you went to the Orange Cassidy pack, which was just like Orange Cassidy at his peak. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then you went, Cassidy. went right into Moxley Jericho, which was – what a match. <laughs> yeah, seriously. First title change. First, yeah, first world title change in AW history. You had one of the best tag team matches of all time with the Bucks and Kenny and Hangman. Darby and Sammy putting on a really good showcase of just how good they they are already and are going to be in the future. Exactly. Um, yeah, just some good stuff. Very good card. 
Then our next nominee is WWE Hell in a Cell, which had Roman Reigns defeating Jey Uso in a Universal Championship Hell in a Cell match. Elias defeating Jeff Hardy by disqualification. Miz defeating Otis to win the Money in the Bank contract. Sasha Banks defeating Bayley in a SmackDown women's title Hell in a Cell match. Bobby Lashley defeating Slapjack for the U.S. title. <laughs> Didn't expect to hear Slapjack's name mentioned on the on this show, to be honest. And I then, really did not when we're giving out awards. <laughs> and then Randy Orton defeating Drew McIntyre in a WWE title Hell in a Cell match. Just, uh, I was worried about this show. Memorable. <laughs> yes. I was worried about very. three cell matches in one night, but they were all very different. Very different, but all like super, super good. And honestly, some of them did barely even use the cell. Like that Roman match, they barely used the cell at all. You, that it Roman was, match felt is... more just something. That Roman match is like hard to watch in the best possible way. <laughs> yes, agreed, a hundred percent. It made um, me want to watch more. And I think, unlike Revolution, there is some lackluster stuff on this card, but it is really, it is really propped up by the three cell matches. Yes, all three were given time. And they were all different enough that it didn't feel like the same match over and over and over. Our next nominee is NXT TakeOver Portland, where Keith Lee defeated Dominic Dijakovic in a North American title match. Dakota Kai defeats Tegan Knox in a street fight. Finn Balor defeated Johnny Gargano in his return to TakeOver. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeats Bianca Belair for the women's title. The Broserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, defeats the Undisputed Era to win the tag belts. And Adam Cole defeats Tommaso Ciampa to retain the NXT world title. It was just an absolute stack card. I, I honestly didn't hate a single one of those matches either. No, all of those matches were really good. And there was... Not a single filler match. No. That's the thing with all these. And that's the joy of TakeOver, is that there isn't any filler matches. Exactly. There's not enough time for filler matches. Like, there's there's six matches on that card, and that feels like a lot for a TakeOver. Yes, it is. And that says something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There There was too many important matches. They had to squeeze an extra one in there. Yeah, I think all of those deserve to be takeover matches. Even if the yes. Kai and Kai Knox match wasn't as good as the other ones, maybe the feud itself deserved to be on takeover. Yes, exactly. It was the only way to end it properly or have it collide, explode. Yeah. And, and yeah, this was, yeah, all of these matches were good. Even. Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, where it was, there was a zero percent chance of Bianca winning. It was still a good match. Yeah, exactly. And you'd expect that out of those two. And our honorable mention is the Royal Rumble, 
which I think was carried and by the Rumble match. <laughs> yes. And the Rumble match was carried by Drew eliminating Brock. <laughs> yeah, I think initially during that Rumble match, I was kind of bored of the Brock stuff, and then I kind of got into it. <laughs> oh, he was just handling literally anybody that came in the ring. And then I got into it, and then there was the Edge return, which was obviously a huge deal. Um, Drew oh, winning was on unex- was unexpected, at least to me. I didn't fully expect him to win. Um, no, I didn't. And for how bad the feud was, Roman and Corbin their like falls count anywhere match was actually pretty was actually pretty good. Yeah, that that reminds me of the whole Randy Drew uh, thing where it was like, ugh, just a few too many matches. They had a match after that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had oh, a match at Super Showdown. <laughs> that wasn't even the last match. Damn near never. Um, but oh, yeah, those are our nominees for pay-per-view of the year. All right. And the winner of best pay-per-view of the year, AEW Revolution. Yeah, just one of the there was- one of the best cards I've I've ever seen. <laughs> I was going to say, we literally saw so many historic moments throughout the company all in that pay-per-view right there. And that was the start of Moxley in his absolutely dominant run as champion. Yeah. And you, and you had Orange Cassidy fully becoming a star that night, I think, by having his first match. Um, yes. MJF continued his rise. Yeah, just so oh many, God. so many good things happened that night. Exactly, and not a single match had no meaning to it. That's the main thing. And our next category is match of the year. Our first nominee is the AW Tag Team Championship match: the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page at AW Revolution. We've talked about this match a bunch already, it feels. Yes, it was um, a good match. I will I will say that it is one of my favorite matches ever. It lived up to all of the hype, and I honestly did not expect a whole lot from it. Yeah, and I, I rewatched it yesterday when we were recording. And the build in that match is so good. Like, it starts out very slow. Like, Kenny and Nick are respecting each other. And then Hangman just spits in Matt's face. (laughs) (laughs) And then shit kicks off. (laughs) Yep. It's go time after that. One little spit, it's go time. Um, Our next nominee is the Men's War Game match, Team Pat McAfee versus the Undisputed Era at NXT TakeOver War Games. This is a recent one. Very. Oh, man. Pat McAfee can just spit a heel promo to save his life. It's fantastic. I wish that there was a crowd because... I, you can just tell that he could work a crowd so well. Oh my god. He, what is he? 
the internet dummies, the well, wrestling he, community. He hits like one move and then he showboats. And then he hits like one move and then he showboats. <laughs> hey, to be fair, usually the move is something pretty impressive, like a moonsault or something. Yeah, but in that War Games yes, match, but... if you watch it, he'll he'll like punch a dude and then he'll like showboat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you can expect, expect out of. And I think I think all four people or all eight people in this match just do an incredible job. Oh, definitely, and I mean it's that was like the highlight of, of Pete Dunn coming back right there. It's like, oh yeah, and, he's good, and you haven't seen him in a long time. And it continued the push for Kyle O'Reilly because he got the pin. That was huge. Absolutely huge. Which, like, we talked about on one of the, our podcasts, uh, where we definitely thought it was either Pat was going to pin Adam Cole or Adam Cole was going to pin Pat, and that was the only. <laughs> like, exactly. That was how it works. <laughs> oh, wrong. <laughs> our next nominee is the SmackDown Tag Team Champion Triple Threat Ladder Match. John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania 36. What a, it's such a weird stipulation. Right? But this match was so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely unexpected. But, like... Yeah, like, the stipulation made it hard to get excited for this match because it's like, wait, it's... Just a 1v1v1 for the tag belts. <laughs> right? Like, okay, how you even grab both of them at the same time? And it was the first show, at least the first major show, without fans. Yep. And these guys just try to kill each other. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Some of those spots were just ridiculous. Morrison did it like a one-footed moonsault corkscrew from the post to a ladder on the top or middle rope yeah come on that's insane yeah there is just some insane stuff in this match um and our next nominee is actually another triple threat ladder match this time this time it's for the intercontinental championship Sami Zayn versus jeff hardy versus aj styles at clash of champions I know we were both very excited for this match because, like, look at the people involved. <laughs> and it was Sammy just coming back recently. Yeah, it that, was one so. of Sammy's first matches back. And what a great, one of the best finishes to a ladder match I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All the heel shit Sammy was doing was just incredible. Absolutely. Where he handcuffed the ladder to Jeff Hardy's ear. (laughs) (laughs) And then handcuffed AJ to the ladder and then just kind of was able to win. (laughs) Hey, that's that's strategy right there. He handcuffed himself to AJ, actually, is what it was. (laughs) Now that I remember it. And that came out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, he was just handcuffed to AJ. Like, I don't know how he did it that it, you couldn't even see that he was doing it. I don't know. There was there was some sleight of hand shit there or something. And, and it was such a good match until the finish. I just loved the finish because it 
made Sammy look like such a smart heel. Yes. Oh, man. Which he is. Yeah, and I've really liked his character where he's, like, not trying to win legitimately. He's just like, I'll just take the easiest win I can get. (laughs) I'll win the win when it comes to championships. Um, And then our honorable mention is the parking lot brawl, best friends versus Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful, on AEW Dynamite. And this was an unexpected banger. <laughs> exactly. I didn't expect much from it, but it was the main event. So I was like, okay, well, let's let's see what they got. A spot fest, spot fest, spot fest. It was awesome. Yeah, there was like Ortiz just got sent on twice while there was a car hood on top of him. <laughs> and... Orange Cassidy yeah. did the orange punch like from a trunk with a chain on his fist. That was really funny. There's just a lot so of good, a lot of good parts from this match. Yes, couldn't agree more. I think Meltzer gave oh, it five right. stars even. <laughs> That's the huge coming from his ass. Yeah. Definitely unexpected. <laughs> but fully deserved. <laughs> All right. And the winner of the best match of 2020 is Hangman and Kenny versus the Young Bucks. Just a 30-minute classic. Yeah, one of always one match every year. One of the best. Forget about one of the best tag team matches of all time. Like I'll be watching this match for years to come. Ah, uh, yes. I, I think this will go down in history books as what when they teach people why tag team wrestling is important and how good it can be when it's done right. Like, I'm probably going to watch this match at least before whenever Hangman challenges Kenny for the title. Like, I'm going to have to watch this <laughs> match the night before just to, like, get ready. <laughs> a reminder of the of the team that once was. And then our next category is best gimmick. And we have Orange Cassidy. Um, just our generation Stone Cold, I think. Just like <laughs> minimal, yes. minimal effort, like just memes in general. Like, yes. Not saying that he is Stone Cold, obviously. Like just like. The 80s had Hogan, the 90s had, the 90s, like, early 2000s had Stone Cold, and 2020 has Orange Cassidy. I'd be more excited about it. Um, The next nominee is the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. A great gimmick since he's come back. Oh, man, I... Heel Roman. I've loved Roman heel roman which everyone wanted but never thought we would get our next nominee is a gimmick is a gimmick that may be dead currently but we don't know the fiend bray wyatt no the way incredible gimmick not the best match for not the best year for the fiend but still still a pretty good year for for the gimmick i think the loss to Goldberg hurts a lot, though. The loss to Goldberg hurts a lot. 
<laughs> Ouch. Yes, it does. Uh, and then we have Dexter Loomis with his like serial killer gimmick. I never thought that was going to work when he first started, but I was fascinated by it. And he has killed it. Absolutely. He's, he's really good at like knowing his facial expressions that he needs to make. Yes. Those and, eyes. Ugh, those eyes. And then our honorable mention is the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, which was some of the best stuff Seth has done in his career. Who wants to see 15 different matches with Rey Mysterio and his son? Yeah, the, the booking hurt the gimmick towards the end. Yes. But like early on in, early great. on in the heel turn it was it was really good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. And your winner or best gimmick of 2020 is freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. I think this is really close with Roman with Roman, excuse me. Um I think if Roman was the tribal chief for more of the year, he probably would have won. Agreed. Definitely the timing hurt it a little bit. But Orange Cassidy has been good, and I didn't think he would be able to continue to be as good as he's been without fans. I I agree, but he just is making it work. He knows his gimmick, and he has been like actually wrestling more without fans, which I think was a much needed adaption for him. Cause like the little oh, kicks, 100%. the little kicks and stuff just don't really work if there's not fans. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, congrats, level. congrats to Orange Cassidy on that one. And then we have most improved as our next category. We have Damien Priest, who, looking at this, he was in the North American title picture for pretty much the whole year, yeah, which, I, right, which yeah. I forgot about, that he was in it the whole year. And I know that going into that ladder match where he won, both of us kind of shat on him <laughs> in, the, in the preview, I remember... Really? We didn't understand who he was or what his gimmick was. But once he won that, he actually sort of like has a character now, which was the biggest thing we were complaining about. <laughs> exactly. Because his character was basically like he already had the championship, like a baller dude. Once he finally got it, it was like, oh, hey, this kind of makes sense now. Our next nominee is the Dark Order, which before Brody Lee was one of the biggest failures that AEW had. It was very confusing. And the second Brody Lee got there, it suddenly became a big deal. And then... Oh, yeah. And then through all their stuff on BTE, they, like, got themselves over and got on Dynamite, and now they're, like, just one of my favorite factions. (laughs) 
I was gonna say it's like it's a faction that you're excited to actually see them get matches. Unlike before, where you're like, oh, who's this guy? Why is he having a match? Yeah. <coughs> and then our next nominee is the Hurt Business, which is MVP, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander. It revived three of their careers and took Lashley from this weird Lana Rusev angle to a super dominant United States title holder. <laughs> exactly. Which he had in them the whole time, but when you're set up the way he was with that weird ass storyline, like you're not gonna look strong coming yeah. out of that. And and like I said, it took three one person who wasn't even working for WWE and MVP, and then two other people who were like stuck on main event, and just turned them into like one yes. of the best things on Raw. Which, admittedly, Raw's kind of shit right now, so it's not too hard to be the best thing on it. But third business is regu- exactly. is regularly a good part of Raw, even if Raw sucks. <laughs> Let's not lie. Half the time we tuned in just to watch the Hurt Business beat up Retribution. Yeah, and I they even made Retribution not as horrible as it as it could be. <laughs> Agreed. Still pretty bad though. And then our honorable mention is Britt Baker, who wasn't really going anywhere as a babyface, turned heel, been incredible. <laughs> and just really established her character. Yeah. And the winner for most improved of 2020 is the Hurt Business. Yeah. I think definitely based on what you were saying, it revived careers and became something worth tuning into on Raw every week when there was not much going on. I think it was 17 years between Shelton Benjamin's tag title runs, I think I saw. Holy Lord. <laughs> like, he's a <laughs> WWE champion right now, and he would have, net without the hurt business, zero chance. I was going to say, didn't he come back last year? Uh, like, I don't remember. He's been back He's been back for a while, but he literally did nothing. Literally just wasn't, All I can remember just him wasn't doing, being used. No, there was a tiny little bit with like, oh, he's friends with Brock Lesnar because they went to the same college. <laughs> that was funny. Same as you. That was funny at that at, at the Rumble. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we're homies. Okay. That's about all we saw out of him for a long time. We're homies. Time. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm going to throw your ass out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh, and next up in our last category, we have non-wrestler, which is like commentator, manager, interview, interviewer, personality, whatever. That sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Previous years, Pat McAfee would have been in this category, but this year he's pretty much only wrestled, so <laughs> he, does, he does not qualify. I can't count him. Too busy in the ring. Um, our first nominee is Tony Schiavone on AEW Commentary. He's been really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And his interviews backstage, next level. Yeah. And his, when he just shouted, it's Sting for Sting's return, just like goosebumps. 
I didn't even watch. Yes. I didn't even oh watch WCW, and I got goosebumps from it. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, we have Samoa Joe on Raw commentary. Just the best WWE commentator there is right now. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't even see him as a wrestler anymore. He's just way, way, way too good on the mic. Kind of like a CM Punk. It just came natural immediately. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him wrestle again, but, like, he's also great on commentary. Yeah, I see no need for him to wrestle if he enjoys doing commentary. Uh, next up, we have Excalibur on Dynamite commentary and also Dark commentary. I don't watch Dark all the time, but he has, like, a different style on Dark than on Dynamite, and it's it's, it's fun fun to watch, I think. Okay, got to give that love. I definitely don't watch much Dark, but that's, that's good to know right there. And then honorable mention is Taz for his work in Team Taz as the manager, and then also on AEW Dark commentary. They just kind of, like, joke around and, like, shoot the shit on commentary, him and Excalibur, and it's really funny. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's great listening right there. And also, Taz was kind of on commentary on AEW pretty often also yeah he he was on he was on commentary as well on guest commentary yeah all right and your winner for best non-wrestler of 2020 is Samoa Joe yeah I think Joe's done a great job this year and it 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 may just be that it's easier to notice how good of a job he's doing because everyone around him's kind of just that WWE like style. Yes, very generic. His, his team, he stands out just way, way, way too much. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I think Tom Phillips isn't bad. He's just kind of like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell he. And then was I don't. And then I just don't know what Byron is. <laughs> Byron's just the punchy bag. He's there to get made fun of and go know how to do it perfectly. Um, but I think I think all of the nominees here are just like incredible at commentary. And oh, just couldn't agree more. Some of the calls that I remember this year are all like pretty much all from either one of those three or like JR or Morrow. Yes. Because I I think JR on commentary in general isn't great, but every now and again he he has a really good call that only JR can can do. Exactly. One of those classic JR lines. And some of his sit down interviews are actually really good. I think he should just be an interviewer full time for for Dynamite. (laughs) They could probably transition him into that now. Um, so those are all of our awards. I'll just run through the winners real quick. So for WWE, we have Best Male Wrestler, Adam Cole. Best Female Wrestler, Bailey. Best Tag Team, The Golden Role Models, Sasha Banks and Bailey. For AEW, we have Best Male Wrestler, John Moxley. Best Female Wrestler, Hikaru Shida. Best Tag Team, The Young Bucks. For best pay-per-view, we have AEW Revolution. 
best match, we have the AEW Tag Team Championship match, the Young Bucks versus Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega at AEW Revolution. For best gimmick, we have Orange Cassidy. For most improved, we have The Hurt Business. And for best non-wrestler, we have Samoa Joe. That's an impressive list of people right there. Couldn't couldn't agree more on any of the categories for the winners. It's been a good year wrestling. <laughs> Just looking back through all of it, it's it really. It's been like okay, yeah, For let's go. Like, <laughs> it's like the worst year wrestling, but not really. Yeah, just, like, the worst circumstances for wrestling and, like, the most challenging. But, like, it's been a really good year wrestling. (laughs) Yes, I've enjoyed every second of it. Um, So I guess a good way to end the show would be to say a couple of things that we hope happens in 2021 in wrestling. All right. Well, I'll let you go first. What what you hoping happens? All right. I have two very simple requests. They're the same request, but for different people. I want, okay. I want Biggie, and Hangman Adam Page, to hold a world title in 2021. And I think both of those are extremely realistic. Yeah, especially if Biggie has this long reign with the Intercontinental. I kind of don't want him to have a long reign, just because I kind of want him to win the Rumble. Probably wouldn't be sad if uh, Sammy somehow got the belt back. Huh? Oh, I would not. I love Sammy. I love the. I love <laughs> Sammy's current gimmick of just like runaway chicken shit heel. <laughs> yes, and I definitely think Hangman is on the way to getting that main championship because we're gonna need that rivalry match between yeah. Omega and Hangman. I think Hangman will get the get the belt eventually from Kenny. I could just see them have Kenny hold it for all of 2021 as well, though, so I don't know if it'll happen. Oh, man, yeah. Based on there only being two champions, so, well, three now that Kenny won, there's only been two long reigns, and then now Kenny's starting his, so I could see it. It wouldn't shock me too much. What about you? What are your hopes for 2021? All right, my one hope for WWE is that Sasha Banks, my favorite female wrestler, finally actually has a long title reign. She's already on the way. They could just keep coasting her forward. Maybe a whole year run would be nice. As long as she can stay healthy, that's ideal. And then my other hope is that AEW finally realizes that their true ENT champion should be Orange Cassidy. Ooh, I, like, of I like both of those. I think I think Sasha should hold the belt at least till Mania, and that'll be like around six months at that point. Exactly. And then have that square off with Bailey. To have a big rivalry going on because we know what's going to happen. Yeah, if Bailey, I think the easy. I don't think they need to have Bailey win the Rumble, but they could just have Bailey win the Rumble if they want to. Exactly. It's like it, the only thing she hasn't won at this point. 
that's true. You might as well put on the resume so that you can really <laughs> say she's one of the greatest ever. Um, and then I mean Orange. Yeah, I would love Orange Cassidy as TNT champion down in the future. It, it just makes sense, and I mean, like you were saying, if the fans come back, he's gonna get pushed to the moon immediately. Dude, I can't you already know. I don't know if it's gonna happen in 2021. I have. I'm hope I'm hopeful, but we'll see. But whenever fans get back, the fucking pops are gonna be incredible, <laughs> and I can't wait. Oh man, I just want to hear hear those pops. That's all I need. Um, but I guess on that note, that sort of wraps up 2020 for Backstage Heat. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. It's been a really fun year of, of building this podcast, and we're gonna keep it going. Yeah, we're gonna we'll we'll try to get more consistent, but no promises. But we life happens. We Wrestling can, does too. Even when I was out, we've we've stuck with it. We've gotten every pay per view at least. There so we, we go. We we can do our best to guarantee that we'll at least do something for every pay-per-view and hopefully we'll bring some more stuff like this in between shows, but we'll see. But 2020, good year. 2020 was a good year in wrestling and hopefully 2021 is even better. (laughs) Agree more. On that note, let's wrap up this episode. You can find me on Instagram at Walk with Brando. And you can find me on Instagram at Welchnut. And you can also follow my Twitch streams at twitch.tv slash Welchnut. You can find our podcast, Backstage Heat, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, just about anywhere else you find podcasts. And you can find more of our one-of-a-kind wrestling content on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Backstage Heat Podcast.